Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Yo, Eric. Hey, I'm Mark. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Sir An- Mark? Another fantastic year. New year. New 2022. Year. Um, that holds, you know, there's numbers, values there. If we had Colin here, give sure. us a whole spiel. but Of the importance of, of the 2022. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But, but <laughs> neither of us uh, are smart enough? No, 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 Or no, care? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, well, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, welcome to Lorehammer. Uh, we have some stuff here. We're yeah. doing a uh, nice little late Christmas bonus episode. Yeah. Well, this So we did this last year where we asked people to take the theme of the Sanguinala, which is an Imperium uh, festival. Yeah. It's like, you know, Christmas equivalent type yeah. thing. You know, they got their Saint Sanguinus who likes to come down your chimney and give you gifts. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound he makes when he comes down. Yeah, of know? course, of course. <laughs> angelic, very angelic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, on our Discord, we just had a bunch of people write us short, uh, short stories uh, based on this theme, and now we're choosing the winner. Or yeah. I think the winner's already been chosen, but we're well, yeah, we are winners. choosing the winner. Yeah. Uh, we're not good enough. Once for again, you need like intelligent people doing That's right. the more intelligent things. We're like, not smart enough. Yeah, for that. <laughs> yeah, um, but we are going to share them with you. But speaking of Discord and contests, yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you who haven't joined our Discord, every month we do monthly contests with 
cash prizes even. And these contests range sometimes from, you know, paint a hero character to write a story like this one. or Paint a squad yeah. or tell us uh, – or paint using a specific technique sometimes was yeah. offered. So. Yeah, yeah. There's some fun ones where it's like use only three paints and let's see what kind of cool uh, – Yeah, like what effect. blends are you going yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So every month we have contests. And this year we're actually going to be doing uh, things a little differently. We haven't hammered out all the details yet, but we are still working on it. But basically this year we want to work towards – having a fully completed army. So the point is like every month you're going to be painting a new troop or HQ or fast attack, depending on the month, heavy support, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, you'll have, you know, 12 months of painting and you'll be able to do an armies on parade. So, you know, the last two months I think are going to be work on your actual game board, you know? So yeah, the whole, the whole point is this year is going to be one giant buildup. So you can paint an entire army, write backstory for your army for one month, build a board and just have this nice packaged complete thing that sounds awesome it sounds like a great way to participate in our monthly activities even if you don't feel confident that you can compete with some yeah. professional painters out there so. yeah and the nice thing about this what we want to do this year is we want to go for the participation um we want everyone to be able to paint the models they want to paint and join our contest That's it right. was fun to do some of those really quirky oh yeah orc vember build us your orc <laughs> halloween kick those are fun yeah but this will be more practical and absolutely uh, we want everyone to be able to do it and to kind of nudge you in the right direction me and eric were talking about we're still working out pricing and stuff we're talking about giving everyone who participates and finishes that month's challenge mm -hmm. we'll give them like a badge yep. or like a pin or something they can put on their shirt you know some like nice little like i fucking did january i did february you know yeah I, like do you have all 12 months by yeah. the time the year is ending yeah and now you look like a five-star army general yeah with all absolutely your pins. and every time you go to a tournament obviously you have to wear all these pins exactly with your army you flip your lore out on the table that you said oh yeah this was lore hammer approved bam <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be sweet. and then someone else is gonna be like i've heard of them they're shit <laughs> i don't like the way they swear <laughs> yeah fuck them um but anyways, yeah, so that's kind of the theme of this upcoming month. I'm really excited for the Discord contest. I think it might even push me to start a new army. A new army? It well, I guess everything even... you have is painted yeah. at this point. Yeah, so. like I've been doing Lord of the Rings for the last like half a year, but like... So what? what's the... Anything percolating no, for No, like... Okay, okay. The, the lore helpers just came to me with this idea like a couple of days ago. So it's still all very fresh and very like... It's not, it hasn't had time to ferment yet. No, no I'm still rocking the erection from it. I haven't even let it go down. <laughs> I can't think clearly yet even. Mark, more than four hours, go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at four days. <laughs> four days. Uh, so yeah, come, come join our Discord. Uh, if you need a link, you can shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You can get a hold of us. We'll send you a link. Yeah. Or just check our episode description oh yeah i should put a i'll put a yeah. discord invite in there yeah i think we have a brand new like link tree where it has like everything on it oh so, yeah okay yeah um but yeah so that's that's that well that sounds good to me yeah are we ready to start reading some of these awesome short stories yeah i think so what we did is we have uh we have the winner we have the runner-up and then we have two honorable mentions and mm -hmm. we're gonna start with our honorable mentions and end with our winner perfect so the first story uh, is written by Jack, and it is called. Sorry, let me just wet my little mm. tongue here. Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, would everyone like to hear this? <laughs> uh, that's hydration at its finest. Ah, <laughs> it's good soup. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> hmm. 
The Lord in the Chimney by Jack. For what must have been the twentieth time that night, Timothy checked the small clock beside his bed. It had been only five minutes since he had last checked, but the time he was waiting for had finally arrived, midnight. It was far past the time he normally drifted off to sleep, but this was a special night. His parents had told him it was a holy day to celebrate the life of a great hero from the Great Crusade long ago, but it was no longer a holy day. His parents had told him to never leave his room on this night, and had even locked the door the past several years. They spoke of the heresy that now took place, how the Xenos had come years ago and usurped the day for their own purposes, supposedly coming in the night and leaving gifts. Timothy had seen the gift left in the central living area the previous year, before his parents had seen it and quickly disposed of it in fear. The metallic Xenotech had caught his attention, though, and he had sworn on that day to see the aliens that left the gifts. He slowly extricated himself from his sheets and crept towards the door. He knew it was locked, but he had been studying the lock for the last few days and practicing picking it. He took the pin he had used out of his pajama pocket and began the process of jiggling the lock's inner mechanism. After a few moments, he heard the familiar click. With great care, he turned the doorknob slowly, his heart pounding in his ears. There was the slightest of creaks as the door swung outward, but he heard no stirring in his parents' bedroom down the hall. Timothy kept his eyes on the door as he slowly tiptoed down the hall. He was similarly, similarly careful managing the stairs. He grew more confident as the soft glow of the candles and lights in the living area. He entered it expectantly, slowly looking around, searching for signs of Xeno visitors. He was disappointed, as he saw nothing but the small, decorated tree and the dark aquila sitting above the fireplace. A little disappointed, he sat on one of the small couches in the room. An hour passed, and his eyes were threatening to force him into heavy sleep he had been putting off that night. Just as his lids were sliding closed, a flicker of light caught his attention. His eyes reopened and he stared at the spot he thought he saw the light in front of the fireplace. Suddenly, a whirling circle of green light and energy crackled to life on the spot. A blast of hot air and fright forced him to take cover behind the couch. As he looked on from his hiding place as a dark form seemed to step into the room. As the swirling light dissipated behind it, Timothy took in the being's form. The Xeno, for there was no mistaking this thing for a human stood nearly to the ceiling, nearly ten feet off the ground. Its slender limbs and bulging torso seemed to be made of metal. In form it reminded Timothy of pics of skeletons he had seen before, and of the few images he had seen of the invaders that had come when he was a toddler. This, Sino you know, was far more ornate. A golden metal cloak billowed around its shoulders. Blue and white armored plates, covered in golden hieroglyphs, decorated its body and a large scythe, its blade crackling with otherworldly power, was clenched in its iron grip. Its eyes, glowing emerald orbs set below a crown-like structure on its head, teemed with cold intelligence. The Xeno looked around the room before approaching the small shrine to the god-emperor near the lit candles. He seemed to regard it with some contempt from his body language. Timothy leaned out a little further from his hiding place, trying to get a better look at the Xeno. The floorboard under his arms creaked slightly. The emerald gaze ripped around to stare, unblinking at him. Timothy flinched, a small gasp of fear escaping from his mouth. The Xeno turned to fully face him. 
Come here, child, it commanded, its voice a grating, metallic warble. Timothy stood shakily and approached. Who, who are you? He managed to query. I am Lord Sutek, ruler of this tomb world, servant of the Silent King, and vassal of Akmotep, the Smiling Lord, he replied. Where, where did you come from, Lord? Timothy stammered. Sutek cocked his head slightly before glancing behind him. I came out of your chimney, of course. Timothy nodded slightly. Sutek regarded him for a moment before bending to one knee in front of him. He still towered over the small boy. What is your name? he asked. I'm... my name is Timothy, he replied shyly. Timothy, where are your parents? Upstairs. They lock their doors on this night every year. Do they? They prefer the ways of the Imperium. Timothy nodded. Do you? Timothy thought for a moment before shaking his head. Good. In that case, I have a present for you and your parents. My warriors and I always make a point of bringing presents to people who still hold to archaic beliefs on this night. It is supposed to be a joyous celebration of your liberation from the decrepit Imperium and entrance into joyful servitude to the Necron. Here, Sutek said, opening his free hand to reveal two glowing scarabs in his palm. Place these on the back of your parents' heads tomorrow morning, and they shall know the joy that we have brought them. As Timothy took the mechanical bugs, Sutek placed his massive hand on Timothy's shoulder, meeting his gaze. Remember to be a good boy this year, and you won't receive an unpleasant gift next year. Saying that, the Lord turned away from him and disappeared into the glowing chimney. <laughs> Fucking sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great story. Uh, it's just a little gift. Yeah, just a little mind scarab gift. <laughs> no big just put it on the back of their head. They'll be in so much joy. Joy, yeah. You know? What a great story. I wasn't sure where that one would go if the gift was going to be murder, but no. The Necron generally want the best for their servants. They just want to <laughs> bring them joy and happiness. Absolutely. This festive season. They're nothing if not benevolent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, great story, Jack. Thank you so much for sharing that. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about that no, one? No, I really liked it. Yeah, uh, I like that... It's the actual lord of the place. Like, yeah. he's probably like, no, it's my duty. Yeah. You know, I got to go around to every single house on this planet and leave a gift. And that's got to be all the gifts are. It's just boxes of my shackle scarabs, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. The box, of, box of that or a box of, like, actual chains. Yeah, you can have these or these. Yeah, take your pick. Yeah, you know? take your pick of servitude. It's going to happen regardless. Joy servitude or the mines. <laughs> No, it's a good one. Yeah. Sweet. The next story we have is by King Mushroom, and this one is called Gifts for Those That Love. The night was cold, and the air was thick with the pollution of many manufactorums roaring across the planet. Day crews, finally finishing the work they had started 16 hours prior, began shuffling back to their bunks to sleep, for as long as their impatient masters would allow while Underhive cartels fully awoke to enact countless pains upon the fellow men in the cover of darkness. Upon the surface of the planet, the ash of creation fell like snow, 
covering many of the visible surfaces in a thick blanket of gray and white. A lone figure carved a path through the fallen ash, leaving footprints that, w- uh, that quick- were quickly filled in by fresh ash that continued to pour in from countless funnels around the city. In spite of the dangers being seen alone by Arbites and criminals alike, the figure pressed on, stumbling slightly here and there, and occasionally clutching at, the, at their head as though to alleviate some internal pain. Ahead lay a building jutting up through ash and rooftops surrounding the area. The weathered features of this building were profound as streaks of rust ran down the sides and rubble littered the entranceway. As beautiful as this building may have once been, it had fallen into serious disrepair. Stained glass windows long since shattered lay around the ground, and the roof had collapsed in the majority of the building. Stepping over rubble and long abandoned pews, the figure moved their hood, uh, removed their hood, revealing a young woman. She had dark, sunken eyes and dark hair flecked with streaks of silver, unbefitting of someone with her age. Her complexion was a sickly gray that matched her frighteningly emancipated appearance. To make her appear as though she had a vi- she was a visage, visit, wow, a visage of death itself. She continued into the room, her eyes transfixed upon the statue of an angel holding a chalice gazing up at the heavens. One of its rings had broken off during the many years it had stood abandoned and exposed to the elements. Gold trimmings that had once adorned the statue had been forcibly removed, desecrated by those desperate or greedy enough to commit such acts of heresy. Lichen had begun to take root uh, in, in the exposed stone of both the statue and the building, slowly grinding away at the surfaces. Carved high above the statue in what remained of the ceiling was the god-emperor's ever-present symbol, the Aquila. She had always come to this spot on Sanguilla, as she had been born on the same fateful day that Horus slew the beloved angel and mortally wounded the emperor. As though some cosmic force had aligned her with Sanguinius, she too had been given a psychic curse, one that allowed her to feel the emotions of others. It was growing worse each year, as the bounds of her psychic presence increased to allow her to feel the agony and joy of the entire hab blocks. This is too much for her to bear alone, and she reached out with her mind towards Sanguinius and the emperor above, praying that they would be able to hear her. Could they not sense the suffering of their people? Were they not strong enough to help end this misery and pain? As if, as if in answers to her thought, a voice responded within her own mind. You need not feel this pain alone, for I am truly understood, or for I only, for only I truly understood the plight of humanity as you do. She recoiled in horror at the intrusion within her mind, taken aback by how casual and comfortable the voice sounded. We share a rare gift, you and I, not only that is easily found or cherished amongst our respective kind. She listened, unable to move or speak whenever she was speaking. Uh, To continue, sorry. She listened, unable to move or speak as whatever was speaking to her continued on. We are empathetic to those around us. We wish to see the bonds of pain and suffering slip away from those that cry out. Tell me, friend. Tell me that you feel it now, the weight of a hundred million billion souls in anguish clamoring to be saved among the callous stars. The woman shuddered, knowing all too well, well, this feeling of suffering. The pain and anguish brought on by countless of acts of cruelty inflicted by the hive scum and imperial prosecutors alike. 
the unimaginable heartbreak of parents watching their children board guard vessels never to be seen again. She had felt all these and much, much more. There was a way to save these people, desperate for a savior, savior, desperate to be heard and accepted, loved even. I have always been there for them, just as I have been here for you now. Um, fungi and sludge began to grow around the room before her eyes and slowly began to cover the statue she thought was her only savior. As though some invisible ray of hope had invigorated her, she began to speak once more. How could you help me? She asked. When I'm not even sangri when not even Sangrinius or the God Emperor could. The voice hissed back, sounding almost angry before becoming composed. You pray to a dead son and dying man. I am much more real to you than they ever will be. Should you wish to be released of your burden, I can offer you gifts to ensure that you shall never again feel pain. Forever shall you be able to save those around you from the anguish they feel. Forever shall you be able to help them. This was it. She had finally received the answer to her prayers after years of asking for the pain she felt to be taken away from her. I accept your gifts. Her body writhed and contorted as she began to rot where she stood, the flesh slothing off her bones as maggots began to eat away at her open wounds. She tried to scream, but only the sounds of gurgling could be heard as her jaw separated and fell to the floor. <laughs> Falling forward, she felt what little fat had left liquefy and spread across the floor in an oozing mass dark yellow liquid, and she was faced with her own horrific reflection. Her eyes had become putrid nest of unknown flies, an unknown amount of flying insects, and yet she could see. And yet, despite all of this, she still felt a wave of calm wash over her. For the first time in her life, she was at peace. Go forth, my child. Spread my love to all, for I alone wish to truly help humanity. I alone truly understand their pain. <laughs> Thank you, Father Nurgle. Happy Sanguinala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just when you think like getting a lump of coal is bad for Christmas, uh, you get turned into chaos. Bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Great story. I'm I'm always impressed by people's words. Uh, some people are very good at setting a scene. Sure. And, yeah. How like conveying a feeling and an atmosphere. Exactly. Nice. Oh. Very good story. Thank you, King Mushroom. So she turned into. A disciple of Nurgle, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> she got the gift of Nurgle. <laughs> uh, well, that's one way to deal with all the feelings, I guess. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that's one way. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Uh, so those were our two runner-ups, our honorable mentions, actually. Yeah. And uh, now we are in the actual runner-up. And this is the Sanguinala Parade by North. <clears throat> Everything around me moves slowly as I fall through the air. Snowflakes dance around me like sparks in a forge as the exploding fireworks ring out in dragging tones. I feel weightless, free, as if the pain in my chest was just a bit more bearable. But as I feel my boots slam on the wooden floor, I'm reminded of why I jumped from that overpass bridge in the first place. As my knees fold to absorb the impact of the fall, I reach into my jacket pocket and pull out the sharp piece of glass, cutting my hand as I miss the taped portion. 
I readjust the glass dagger in my hand as I charge forward, yelling with all the hatred and ferocity I can muster, looking up at the woman who took my family from me. I hear the crowd gasp and the police yell from the bridge above, but I'm not stopping. One step, she turns to me. Two steps, I see the shiny gold medals on her gray uniform. Three steps, the lenses of her gas mask can't hide the fear I see in her eyes. Four steps, I'm a meter away by the time the other guardsmen clad in gray uniforms and olive-colored armor make their dashes at me. Five steps, I can see the sanguineous statues down the parade-filled street in my peripherals. Six steps, I slip on the snow and I'm tackled to the ground by two guardsmen in gas masks. I feel the glass fall out of my bloody hand as the tears start rolling down my face. I failed. I failed to avenge my family's deaths, and now I'd be joining them in the Emperor's embrace. As they get me to my knees and shove a Laz pistol against the back of my head, I feel the same weightlessness as before, my insides stirring like air as the guardsmen search my pockets. They find nothing of interest until it falls out of my pocket and floats towards the Lance General's feet. I see her gaze move to it, and she kneels down to pick it up. No! Don't take them from me again! I yell, starting to struggle against the hands holding me back. One of the guardsmen decides to grab my messy brown hair and slam my head onto the wooden floor of the float. I still struggle and reach for the photograph with all my might, but a teenager like me doesn't stand a chance against two adults with combat training. She looks at me and she picks up the photo, standing up and ordering, Take him away. I'll deal with him later. As they drag me away, I see her looking the photo over before shoving it in her breast pocket. My pleading screams go silent as they knock me out with the butt of a rifle. I lay to wake up in a cold cell, my hands handcuffed together as I sit in a chair across from three people, two guardsmen with riot prods ready to shock, and the Lance General herself, gas mask and uniform included. I gulp. My face feels numb and my legs hurt. You are Citizen 98SA-MI42, son of Citizens 89BO-BY76 and 89CA-TT86, and brother of Citizen 97HE-NN42. Her admittedly enchanting voice was calm, but her sage green eyes bore a hollow hole into me. I nod. She uncrosses her legs and leans forward, her hands interlocking as she rests her elbows on her knees. What you did was very stupid, you know. I could have you tortured publicly. Her voice, though raspy due to her gas mask, still produced an almost comforting cadence. I nod. I know. She prodded. Then why? I feel the light weightless feeling in my chest again as tears form in my eyes, but I rub them away in my shoulder. Because my family is dead. They died following your orders and, and got vaporized by our own artillery. I looked at her, the blueness of my eyes no doubt tinted red by the swelling around my face. I have no one. And I thought, and I thought I could bring them some peace by at least trying to avenge them. I looked down at the ground, at my aching legs. I just wanted to do something besides waste away in that factory for another four years. I wanted to get revenge so they could rest easy knowing there was justice. She was quiet, listening to every word. You saw killing me as a way of avenging them because I sent them to their deaths? 
All I could do was nod as I let my sore wrists go slack in the cuffs. They gave me a baggie. All their ashes were put into one black baggie with a brief condolence letter. My whole body goes slack in the metal chair and the room goes silent. All there was to hear snow-filled winds hitting the window as it lit up the, brush, the bright reds and blues of fireworks. The Lance General slowly nods and waves a hand to her guards. I feel them undo my cuffs before they leave the room, leaving me with the Lance General. She takes off her gas mask, revealing a matured woman with short crimson hair and pale skin. She looks me over, her green eyes gentle and soft as she takes in every tear in my clothes and every scar on my hands that came from working in the factory. Am I going to die? I mumble through quivering lips. Before I know it, she's on top of me and raising me to my feet. I flinch, expecting a punch, but all I feel are her arms wrapping around me as she pulls me into her warm chest, her arms cradling the back of my head against her body. No, she says, no grieving young boy deserves to die, especially not on Sanguinala. Wow. It's just the first happy 40k ending ever <laughs> i was waiting for like you know not today but here's your guard uniform son i was totally you know? expecting a conscription yeah. about yeah. to happen here <laughs> oh, oh he just needed some comfort well yeah you know and maybe his family yeah. so everyone makes that mistake at least once in their life when you go on a <laughs> blood crazed revenge rampage and you know it's up to your victims to forgive you and accept you in a hug. We all make we all make mistakes. Well, not on Sanguinala, <laughs> you know. Especially not then. <laughs> Great story. I was not expecting that at no. all. Oh man, cool. Uh, the, uh, Northy Locke even wrote like uh, or drew a picture for us—a nice little parade scene and stuff. But uh, great story. That really was a great. good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, thank you so much. Uh, okay, so the last story, and this is the winner, and this one is by Hugh, and it is called The Harbringer. The lamppost outside flickered. Fiola S. Tau Priniera had been watching it for hours, faint through her curtains, half asleep. Summer had arrived, and it was sweltering, warm enough to make her drowsy, but too humid and sticky to sleep properly. Outside the outpost, the jungle still crackled and screamed with, screamed with life. The canopy, what is that word? Canopy? Cacophony? Cacophony, yeah. A constant backdrop even inside the room. She was hot, tired, and thirsty, so she turned over to get a drink. But she was not alone. There was something there. It lurked in the shadows near her brother's bed. Something so tall it nearly skimmed the ceiling. The green print pinpricks of its eyes the only thing to isolate it from the darkness around it it stalked from the corner towards the headboards its hulking form perfectly silent she wanted to call for help to scream to do anything but she couldn't she she just lay there and watched the slow careful approach of the massive figure towards the sleeping boy's pillow from inside its shadowed form an arm extended too long too thin and with too large of a hand, it stretched slowly for her brother's face. She shut her eyes, but her mind raced, filling her thoughts with the horrors she was blind to. She waited for the dreadful sounds that approached, or dreadful sounds that should accompany a, a nightmare like this. A snort? 
Not even some feeding beast or gargled blood, just the snort of a snoring child, almost unbidden. She opened her eyes. Her brother still slept, unaware and unharmed, but at the periphery of her vision was a was the thing's hand reaching down. With blurry vision, she followed the line of its arm, traces of green light guiding the path towards its face. It stared at her as, as still as the mountains, her eyes like tiny stars. She stared at it, shaking like a rabbit before a fox. With dreadful snowness, it pulled it back its hand towards its skeletal grin and slushed. A rattling hiss uh a rattling hiss of it seemed to silence every jungle, the, even the jungle outside, the quiet sound dominating the space. Then it stood up as straight as it could, stepping behind reality, and it was gone. Besides each child's bed lay a small figure of, cr- of a crisis suit, tied with a neat bow and a red ribbon, just like their father worked on. Might I ask you a question, my mighty overlord? You may. Why... Why do you do this? Why sneak around at night? Your, why sneak around at night yourself? Only give out these gifts. Why not strike them down in the beds, spread fear through them like a plague, and make them cower at the merest thought of the Santar dynasty? <laughs> uh, Christianic tech. <laughs> I think it's it's Chris Crintech. Christian, yeah. But it's supposed to be a play on Chris Kringle? Yeah, I okay. would imagine, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It lacked the raw motion of an authentic sigh due to the lack of lungs, but it was a good attempt. He looked over, uh, he looked at his cryptic cowering next to the control throne. Uh, Mirian was very good at cowering. It's almost made the Overlord forget about its constant pestering from the world domination and mass slaughtering. Do you know how long ago I woke up? Yes, my liege, you've meant 45,612 years later in an empty sleeping tomb, alone except for scarabs. I kept myself busy for a while, but it's awfully hard to rule a planet when everyone else is asleep. And there's only so many times you can hold court with yourself before you get very, very bored. So I took a barge and went to go see the stars. Gruntuck was angry. This was fairly standard for an orc. Uh, but this time, he was especially mad. Not only had the git Thorglum jumped from his backup, and not only had stolen Guntruck's new shooter, he had the audacity to pull teeth out from where they were beating him down. Gruntuck had thought that he Gruntuck had thought he was alright for a deaf skull, but even since he got his new arm bitten off and a power clot uh, in its place, he became insufferable. But Gruntuck would show he's not a knob to be messed with. He got some boys of his own to attack Tholgrum and take his teeth, maybe eat his favorite grot while he's about it, really hammer home the message. A smile spread across Guntruck's now empty gums. And uh, it was a fine plan, the kind blood axes would get jealous of, but first he needed a chopper. He barged into his shack and paused. There was a smell in the air, like a teleporter, but not. It was important. What mattered right now was not beating Thelgrim like the uppity git he was. He reached to his weapon bucket and, ha- and his hand found something new. 
It was lighter than his other weapons and much cleaner. The blade was funny shaped too with a faint green sheen to it and a bow of red ribbon tied around the hilt. Guntuck remembered that he had seen the mechs do. Uh, he remembered what he'd seen the mechs do and he ran his thumb along the blade. He barely felt the slice the end off. He barely felt it slice the end off. <laughs> his smile grew wider. This was exactly what he needed to cut Thulgrim's stupid arm. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you know what I realized in my travels? No, my lord. The galaxy is a miserable place. Mortals have such little lives, and they have uh, spent their whole time fighting against thousand of uh, fighting against thousand horrid fates. A pointless, endless battle, and even they even if they win against the material threats. Time will crush them in the end. The suffering of the inferior species is at a constant, my lord. I fail to see how it should be a concern to one so mighty as... Hush. They are not less so lesser, as you insist on stating. Because in their agonized short lives, they fight fit in so much living. Their collective desire to live despite the uh, all odds, all the enemies, all the suffering, it's, well, it's wondrous. It's the kind of thing I think deserves to be rewarded. Chris Kinstech reached into his storage dimension, hand vanishing into a pocket reality. And there's one person out of there who I think needs one more than most. Back where my little hobby started, there's a grumpy old man in a golden tomb. Uh, he's been there, or he's been through a lot recently, I think far more than most. The Overlook pulled a small plush bear into reality. He needs a friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so Chris Krintek. Yeah, yeah. The, the lord of this tomb world. Just likes to go around the galaxy giving gifts to the beleaguered people. <laughs> who fight so hard for their beleaguered lives. And his next target oh. is... The emperor? Yeah. And he's just going to leave a little plush. Just a little bear. Bear <laughs> sitting on his golden throne. 10,000 years get lonely, you know. <laughs> After uh, Chris Krintek's 46,000, he knows what it's like. Man. Crazy. Cool. Okay. So that was the winner. So both we had two stories with Necron Lords in it as Santa. Yeah. As like <laughs> giver of gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really liking the Necron love, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, very cool. Well, thank you everyone for sharing your uh, stories with us. It was great reading them. Yeah, they were really good stories. Yeah. I really enjoyed those. I think, hmm, which one's my favorite? I think the North Lock one where, yeah. It just it, ends with the hug. Yeah, it's just like, it's Christmas. You know, I needed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, great stories. That was a good one. Um, yeah, the, I like the whole... This lord, you got to think, he must be a little bit crazy. Yeah. You know? For, <laughs> yeah. 45,000 years, he's just gone around observing and then just giving gifts to people. <laughs> yeah. Isolation does crazy things to a mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing, guys. Thank you for participating yeah, in yeah. Um, the contest. And congratulations to Hugh for winning. Yeah. With your... That was like a cash prize, I believe, that he won. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that's sweet um yeah come join our discord we are doing a lot of stuff on there that uh, you can take advantage of um absolutely monetarily 
you know, take advantage of me emotionally, dump some part problems on me. It's all types of goodies. Could probably take advantage of Mark physically. Yeah, yeah really, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I have one story to share. All right. Um, so over the Christmas season, I got a message from a listener. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in Calgary visiting family. So okay. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I have that open invite to myself, my house. Come on over. <laughs> so we literally sent like three messages to each other and he shows up or whatever. And it's like some young kid, like 18 year old. And he, we we're just hanging out, Chad, and he was just so happy to be there. And he said a couple really funny things like uh, my girlfriend was talking prompting him about like oh yeah so you listen to lore hammer he's like yeah but i only listen to lore hammer for like the banter i don't really like the lore <laughs> so then we're like we're like wait so like you just like me and eric then like what the? and then you did a pop in that night too and then yeah. that blew his mind and then i took him into my room he's like i can't believe i'm in mark's bedroom well and then you pulled out all your sex toys yeah, from under yeah, the bed yeah, yeah. and you're like you thought you were going home but yeah. no uh, yeah, and then like he was like, yeah, like my friends introduced me to this podcast, and I got to meet you before all of them, and it's just <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, I've never really felt famous before, and I still don't, but that was definitely like one of those like that's as close as you've gotten. Yeah, this yeah. guy was here to hang out with me and you, Eric, and <laughs> hang out in my bedroom. Well, he had a great time. <laughs> yeah, uh, you ended up playing some Lord of the Rings with him. Yeah, and H even, how did that go? It was good. It Who was won? fun. Uh, I did. Well, Surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, were you, surprise. Were you playing by Mark rules? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Good man. Good yeah. man. It, it was hilarious. So, like, the dude never heard of Lord of the Rings. So, we're playing this game. He's like, what, what? Do you, what do you mean he's never heard of Lord of the Rings? He's never seen it. He's never watched the movies. Just some punk kid. Some 18-year-old. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was like, I guess the movies are 20-year-old. Like, well, yeah. December yeah. 19th, 2021 is the 20-year anniversary of the release of The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So, naturally, on that day, I watched yeah. all three movies. Naturally. Watched, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, it was a trip, but it was a lot of fun. I um, can't believe he'd never seen Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah. It's, uh, it's has waves, Lord of the Rings. You know, it's, I wonder, it was written so long ago. You know, it's had its fluctuations, and eventually these young bucks will learn about it again. We got to see if uh, his brief exposure yeah. to the Lord of the Rings game has gotten him interested at all <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, like, yeah. the movies or the books. Yeah. I'll have to ask him. Um, yeah. So that's... That was fun. Well, what a great Christmas gift. What a gift. A little spirit you could share with someone, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if that's not what Sanguinala is all about, then I don't know exactly. what Exactly. Inviting random internet strangers into your home, <laughs> into your room, to show them your things. Well, I mean, after that game, you need a nap. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, do. I get it. Yeah. And yeah. what better place to nap than with a dog and three cats? Yeah, exactly. So. It's it's perfect. No, <laughs> it, it was it was cool. I've I've met like a lot of people through Lorehammer, but uh, yeah, it's always interesting. Like that one was definitely the most like fanboy. <laughs> like yeah. Anyways, that's all. That's that a was good one. that was the story. Thanks to everyone for listening to Lorehammer. Um, Thanks for spending a whole nother year with us. Yeah, guys. yeah. We got another exciting year coming. You know. Um, you know, yeah. we... The year is about to kick off with our 100th episode, too. Oh, yeah. And so we're only like three episodes away from that. Yeah. I'm really excited to I'm share. I'm fanging, man. Like, we had this like hour and a half long interview with Graham McNeil, and it was incredible. It was awesome. And uh, so that's going to be on our 100th episode. We're in the talks with a couple other people to try to get them on uh, as well and try to just do like a big, like, Warhammer Bonanza celebration with like a bunch of people that aren't just me and Eric. A bonanza. A bonanza. Yeah, man. <laughs> I want one. <laughs>
But uh, yeah, so you know, big plans for coming up future, whatever. Yeah, if you want to um, like participate, you want to talk about what we should be doing in the future for our episodes. If you want to participate in this new iteration of contests or yeah, you know, participation things that we're doing, then just join our Discord. Yeah, it's where we like to hang out. You can send me daily messages too, just badgering me. When's the next episode of Lorehammer? Yeah, it's perfect. It's great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for joining us, guys. And I hope that uh, this year is as great for you as last year was. Yeah. Um, yeah. For both of us, too. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Blessings to everybody or whatever you guys are into saying. That's right. Yeah. Um, and don't forget to show the support the show on Patreon. If you have listened this long, I think you owe me, a do- me and Eric a dollar. <laughs> Technically, you owe me 50 cents and Eric 50 cents. So I thought it was 60-40. 60 for you, 40 for me. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong then. Ah, son of Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, See you next time. We'll see you later. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.